Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. On location, it is Nebraska State Fair time. Of course, State Fair officially kicks off tomorrow. We are here for setup day, but I can tell you those 4-H animals are already arriving some earlier in the day to avoid the heat that we've been seeing. We're going to talk about the heat, what it's done to livestock, what it's done to crops, and is the folks in Chicago really paying attention to how much it is out here? We'll also take a look at what's going on in this uh dollar in the trade the bean fundamentals and here's an old throwback oats knows you've heard us talk about that we're going to talk about how the oats and really the market in general is all taking place darren fessler joins us today with lakefront futures and we got to start out with this heat i mean heat stress for both livestock and this crops is underway and, and it's is it taking a toll on the markets uh there is very little doubt in my mind that this crop is going backwards in a big way uh, especially this dryland stuff, uh, you know, if producers are out there, they don't, they, they already know this, <laughs> uh, and and Chicago knows it as well. And and there's a lot of questions so far this week. Well, why isn't corn participating, or why isn't corn doing what beans are doing? And really, it's it's not that Chicago doesn't know what's taking place. They they're very well of this. And but when we look at the fundamentals of the corn, and, and we even if we decipher a, a, a 170 type yield, we're still left with that 1.7, 1.8 billion carryout. And that's before we, we think about the weaker export number that that more than likely I think is probably going to get printed in time from the USDA because we're, we're right now we're not a two billion carryout, uh, two billion export number. So. When you flip over and you look at the bean side of things, so with this heat, you know, the USDA is at 50.9. I, I highly doubt we're going to get to that number, in my opinion. I think this market this week, if you look at the euro model extended all the way out to the, the third week of September, uh, it does not look good. A lot of the corn belt, a lot of the major key bean regions are going to be an inch, two inches below normal with four to five degrees above average temperatures. This bean crop is not finishing like we needed it to. And so even if we get down to a 49 bushel yield, we're under 100 million on those carryout numbers. And that's before we have any type of adjustments from the USDA. Now, the biggest thing there is, do we see the exports start to weaken a little bit from the USA standpoint? The USA always has a way to massage those numbers, right? <laughs> so I, I'm not, I don't think it gets too crazy, but... Again, I think all of this, what's going on here, the tight balance sheet is going to keep beans a little bit friendly here. Well, you know, the uh, with the Pro Farmer Tour, you and I were talking about this before we even started the program. Things have really changed from day one when they left on Monday. If they went back into some of these fields in the Dakotas and into Nebraska and Iowa, it would definitely have a different outlook than what they did a few days ago. So that is a your spot on there. Uh, what, was, what was seen Monday is not what you're going to see come tomorrow. Uh, when they have their final results. So, uh, you know, kudos to all those gals and ga- uh, guys and gals out there battling the heat. Um, it, it, but this crop, is, is, like I said, it's not what it will be Monday. And, you know, the, the wells are still running hard a lot of places in Nebraska. And the, even the, where the hardcore irrigated acres are, there's a lot of those dryland quarters that are burning up. There's a lot of dryland uh, corn beans that are just shutting down now. And and I've mentioned, and I know you follow me on Twitter, and I know you've seen it, where I've been talking about it. It's not just the daytime temps. We, we talked about how it's 101, 103, 105, whatever it may be. 
but I've always said it's the silent killers here, and it's those nighttime temps in the mid-70s and upper 70s, even 80 degrees, that is, you're not given that plant enough to, uh, enough time to take a break, a break at all uh, during these type of daytime temperatures. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have some smaller kernels. You're going to have some impacted test weights with this crop. And uh, we're not going to know that just yet. And, and we, might, we might get in the middle of harvest, and you know what? See, you know, verification. Yeah, this heat had a lot more impact in June when it was dry in June in that V4, V7 stage. And then how this crop finished, it could have a big, big determining factor about really where we are at the end of the day. So really, all that being said, though, we still got to be competitive relative to the Brazilian market. Now, there's a huge backlog of ships in Brazil, about 45 days out at some ports. So even if we go towards a 530 or 540 on these corn, I don't think it's possible without some geopolitical mix, uh, you know, in the end of that picture. But beans going to 14 or 14.30, are they sustainable at those levels if Brazil is not going to participate on the upside? So I think where we are relative to Brazil is, is another factor that this market is trying to obviously uh, uh, type of, you know, take a look at. Because at, 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 you know, at 14.30, can we move those exports? Now, crush margins remain strong. Meal is going to have to participate. I think oil is going to have to participate with it. Um, and, and obviously, the equity markets are not doing too hot here the, today. So the geo, geo macro picture that I've been talking about is very, very mixed back here, especially when you look at China and our largest buyer. I was going to say, and the fact that China continues to look to Brazil to make those purchases and not the U.S. like they usually do this time of year. Yeah, and, and the thing is, with the, with the Chinese looking to Brazil, I mean, the, the, the whole BRICS nations, uh, they're, they're, the alliance is getting stronger. Uh, especially versus the NATO type countries, so the only thing that's going to slow that relationship down is just what's going on here. Brazil's coming off a record corn crop, record bean crop. It's just a backlog of ships now, and China. We, we can't ignore the big floods that China has happened here. Now, the data very, very mixed at, at best of, of what type of damage was done in in China right now. But if China starts stepping stepping in here and buying a bunch of stuff, maybe that losses from those floods are a lot greater than what they're leading the market to believe. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to hit on the second half of the Fontenelle final bell. We're also going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you heard Darren just talk about the quality of this grain. What does that mean going forward? Is it something you got to decide how you're going to market it as we move into the growing season of 2024? When we come back as well, we'll take a look at what's going on with the oats and also What's happening on the livestock front? It is the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Again, we are at the Nebraska State Fair for the run through Labor Day. Encouraging folks, stop on by, say hi, and of course, check out all the amazing livestock that will be on display during the show. Darren Fessler joining us again with Lakefront Futures. You had retweeted a quote, and I, I wanted to bring this up because I think it really talks about, you know, falling flat price and now add discounts for poor quality 
many of these producers, this year's crop's really going to be an insult to injury. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's it's always the hardest, I think, when marketing, any whether you're talking livestock, whether you're talking grains, um, you know, the last, you know, 2020, 21, 22, we, we had a lot of inverse markets. We had we had some weather issues. We had geopolitical risk, and we had some pretty favorable prices, and even favorable basis levels for that matter. And and what I think that ha- has been a the, the biggest challenge for a lot of a lot of producers on the grain side this year has been the fact that we're coming off those good years, and basis levels have remained strong for a lot of this year. And we still a lot of uncertainties about how this crop was. In the last few years, holding and, and waiting to see what happens has been paying dividends. This time around, though, the fundamentals have definitely changed. Uh, much more of a, a, a more of a bearish tone to these this environment. And and so yeah, you're you're definitely across the western belt, and I, you're going to probably see it in other areas of the country as well. You're adding insult on the injury here, and it, it's. It, it, what do you do now, though? Uh, I think at this moment, there's a lot of producers out there. It's, you know, hopefully that these uh, this 430 level, or uh, I should say 473 level on the these corn holds, and, and let the combines roll and see what happens at the end of the day. If there is a, a much broader production issue out there, then we're going to see that initially. I think first in, in the basis levels of, of some locales around the state. Uh, and not only that, the spread action is probably going to influence the trade as well. Uh, the spread action has not been all that friendly in the corn market or the beans. Even though beans, the fundamentals remain strong, the price action of the flat outright futures remain strong, the, 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 the spreads are not saying that, hey, this is a big concern for the market at the time being. And I, I've always been the, the spreads to me from one contract month to the next, to me, they're the canary is the coal mine. Uh, of how this trade is doing it. And so what we're going to continue to say is, hey, if you got hedges on December corn, we'd like to see these spreads widen out a little bit further yet before we make our rolls to, say, the March contract. Um, but at the time here, we're, we're dealing with a much different interest rate environment as well. So we got to keep that in factor in our back of our mind, too, if we're making rolls or if our intention is to hold from D's to July we got to make sure that those carries are there to pay for that, that, that opportunity cost. So oats is something we don't talk a lot about. It's not a really highly competitively traded market, but oats knows just kind of set the tone today. Oats had a very, very good day, up over 4%, 19 cents higher on the day. But it's had a really good run since basically the middle of June. Uh, the small seeds are uh, uh, even canola, which not there's not a whole lot obviously growing in Nebraska here, but uh, you know, th- that small seed product has been on-, on fire here. Now, could it lead way through some higher uh, corn, bean, wheat prices? The-, the, thing with, the thing with the overall commodity complex is when I look at the Goldman or the Bloomberg Commodity Index, is they've all been in a bearish downtrend since basically last December. We need crude oil to, to stabilize, maintain, work its way higher here, but the problem with that is you still have a U.S. dollar is pushing uh, upwards of 104 now. It, it, we have our own issues here, but we're still viewed, the U.S. is, is, is the, bat, the best house on a bad block still. So the dollar strength is obviously hindering some of our ability to move higher. But again, it, it's how big the, does the issues become in the U.S. and does it matter at the end of the day 
if Brazil has to supply and China wants it. So I think the biggest factor we got to watch is the economic data coming out of China, the biggest buyer that we have. If that starts to improve or if the government starts to stimulate or try to stimulate their economy, it could be good for commodities as a whole because that whole inflationary type of trade going on. Well, we can't forget about the happenings of the livestock. Kind of give us your spin on what we saw with this cattle and seeing some positives. Yeah, sadly, this week has taken its toll, I think, on a lot of producers uh, and, and cattle. Uh, at least that's what we're, I'm getting from some clients here. So, again, this heat stress has been emergency-type level of heat stress this week. And we have a solid day here on the fats and the feeders. The, the consumer is still willing to pay for these higher uh, beef prices, and that's a good thing. That's a key, a key indicator here, I think, for the future of cattle at the moment. Fundamentals remain strong. I think we continue to lean a little bit both there. All right, lots of great stuff today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly, 312-858-3668, or they can always find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha. Definitely don't want to miss those tweets. Some great information coming out throughout the trading session. Thanks so much. Darren Fessler has been joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Nebraska State Fair on the Rural Radio Network.